Hello and welcome to The Herd Has Spoken, a podcast brought to you by Muskox Men's Apparel. Hey guys, Brad Hoos here, leader of the Muskox Herd, back again with another episode of The Herd Has Spoken. Today I had the pleasure of talking with Adam Terry, who is a quality engineer and also a YouTube and Instagram creator, better known as Fishhook Terry. So Adam got the nickname Fishhook from his grandfather, um, who was known um, amongst his circle of family and friends simply as Fishhook, given his love of fishing and everything associated with being out on the water as an angler. Um, Adam came by this honestly. Adam and I had a great conversation talking a lot about the challenges Adam faces as a creator trying to balance being a father of three, a husband, and an aspiring uh, creator. So he's got a fantastic following of 50,000 folks on Instagram, um, over 10,000 folks on YouTube. Definitely recommend you checking him out yourself. Fishhook Terry is his handle. Um, and, and really think there's a lot that you'll get a chance to glean from his adventures, his, tra- his challenges, and his many successes. Um, and so with no further ado, my conversation with Fishhook Terry. All right, Fishhook Terry. I think the natural starting point here is tell me a little bit about where Fishhook comes from, because I understand that is a family name. It, it is. Um, so, well, first, Brad, thank you. Obviously, thank you for having me. Um, but yes, Fishhook was my grandpa Terry's nickname. And so he uh, lived in Alabama on the Tennessee River, and he was a like a commercial like catfish fisherman. And so we've actually got some of those old home, like crazy VHS tapes converted to DVDs now of like me when I was a little kid out there on his little John boat helping him bring in the line and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, he was just known locally in that area as Fishhook. And I just ran with it again. um, You know, obviously love, you know, that kind of uh, story with my grandfather. Yeah. It helped me fish. And so it was like, yeah, definitely is a a tribute to him. So, so that begs the question. So you're, you're obviously a really proud Michigan angler do a ton of great stuff on, on the lakes and around Michigan. So how does it that your family made the, the, the move from, um, from Alabama, Tennessee up to, up to Michigan? I have a suspicion um, around some, some jobs in the automotive industry, but I'd, I'd love to hear that story. Well, um, my dad was one of nine. And so uh, he was right in the middle. And for Honestly, I guess I don't even know that story. I don't know what brought them from Alabama to Michigan. It had to be work at some point. But my, like my grandfather was um, into like hardwood floors. He was like a carpenter. He did a whole bunch of stuff. And some other family members did that too. But yeah, they moved to Michigan. And um, it was, again, it was just such a, a large family. Um, but yeah, work brought them here. Um, I've been to Alabama a little bit when I was younger because my grandfather actually moved back um but it was uh sorry i i hear kids screaming like bloody murder downstairs that's <laughs> having three kids and, and that, that's right it's not easy to balance everything either right <laughs> mom is a, a rock star by the way so <laughs> okay, what's going on but anyway yeah they came up here and i 
I don't know. My, we've just, we lived on the west side of the state, west of Kalamazoo, and uh, home of the best bass fishing angler of all time, Kevin Van Dam. And it was, uh, I don't know, it just this pride that I have in the state. But I, I do love down south and I guess my hillbilly ways in the family too. So. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's, that's one of the important things is being able to kind of balance uh, city and, and country a little bit and, and, and all of us, for those of us who love the outdoors, um, yeah. but, but are still doing a whole bunch of, you know, modern things with, with technology, which obviously you are, which, which sort of brings up the, a great question. So you're, you're obviously a, a growing creator, um, over 50,000 followers on, on Instagram, 10,000 on, on YouTube and, and you're, you're growing, you're, you're climbing and that's a grind. I know there's a lot of challenges with that, but which we'll, we'll get into, but you're, you're balancing that with what I've got to imagine is a pretty consuming job as a, as a quality engineer. You're a father of three, you're, you're a husband. You know, how, how do you balance all of that um, as, as someone that is, is just continuing to push onward and as, as a creator and in that passion in the, in the fishing community? Um, it, this year has really kind of put that into a large perspective for me. Um, because honestly, I feel like I've kind of hit a little bit of a wall, especially with time, time this year with COVID and all that kind of stuff has, has been really difficult. Um, we did have our third child this year as well, like right before COVID happened. Congratulations. Um, thank you. And which was then a, a blessing because I wouldn't have had any type of leave, paternity leave, any of that, but was able to spend, what, four months home right in the beginning. Um, so, I mean, there was lots of this year that were great because of that. But once I came back to work as a quality engineer in manufacturing in a state that completely shut down, um, things have been very hectic since. And so trying to find the time to come home, help with mom, help with the kids, try to do the uh, creator stuff on the side as the side hustle has been very difficult. Um, so like right now, I'm kind of in a, a plan mode for 2021, I guess in this kind of downtime that we have here in the winter in Michigan to really try to put things into, okay, how can I get back on track, push a really hard momentum towards the video, towards the creative, and I guess get out of this funk that I feel that I'm kind of in at the moment. But yeah, I mean, time is just a killer with the full-time, with the full-time family stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me ask you a, a simple question, yeah. um, but, but probably an important question, which is, why do you do it? I, I love it. I really, really love it. And I, and that's the reason why I keep grinding. I've been doing the Instagram stuff and the YouTube stuff for years and it could just, okay, I, I'm done. I quit, whatever. But it's because I really enjoy it. When I was going to college many moons ago, I went for marketing and life took me down a completely different path being now as a quality engineer in manufacturing. But when I started the whole uh, social media content, it really fired those juices back up that I remember back in those college classes. And when I took that with the fishing, it was like, okay, this is just fun, cathartic. It was just great. I just, I love it. So even though by the time we get the kids to bed and it's, 
eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. And I've been up since five and I'm like, man, I would just like to sit down. And it's like, okay, I got to put something together. Even just for me, even if it got no likes or no whatever, no views, right. even just a little bit for me is that, okay, it gives me that little bit of satisfaction. So if, if I were to tell you right now, and, and obviously <clears throat> I, I certainly don't think that's the case, but if I were to tell you right now, your content wouldn't grow, your channels wouldn't grow at all in the future. If we had a crystal ball and we were to shake it and it were to show us something we know isn't going to happen, but yeah. if we were to do that, would you, would you continue going down this path of, of creating the, the, the content? Cause what I'm hearing is like, you just intrinsically love it. I, I think I would have to sit down and really think about it, but, <laughs> but at the end of the day, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like, I think what has really helped my content grow is, is sure you've, you've got fish up Terry out there and my tackle stuff that I talk about or whatever, but it, the other part of it that continues my enjoyment of it is getting to know everybody else's story. I've met so many people that I would have never met in a million years through our connection to the content creation and the fishing. So right. my content may never grow again, but having that connection is huge. It, it's really like a family style atmosphere, being positive with people. And, and that's why I think I would continue to do it because I like that piece of it. And yeah, there's a few others, but that's a really big one for me. Oh, absolutely. As someone who's, who's worked in the, the content creator world for, for a few years, I, I know that while sure it's, it's digital media and, and, and we're all sort of on the cutting edge of technology and always trying to optimize things in a digital sense. At the end of the day, so much of it is relationships and, and there's a lot of great people out there that you've gotten a chance to, to connect with as well. And Obviously, like I think one of the, the fun things about what you're doing is you, you just don't know what the what the future may hold. And there's there's so much opportunity that's that's out there. And and and, and obviously, I mean there's there's that, that's a reason of why you're doing it. And the the reality is there isn't a zero percent chance that things are gonna go great. In fact, you know, your your content seems to be doing very well despite the fact that you have very little time. But one of the things that you know I'm I, I, my dog is excited about. And, and I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is, is, the, is that you, this is something that could take, you know, great leaps and bounds going forward. But what, what I think is interesting is you, you've always been a really grounded guy. So I'm interested in the other side of the coin. If I were to tell you that your channels were to be, were going were to grow to a million subscribers within the next year, yeah. how would that change what you're doing in terms of your, your content? Um, I mean, obviously, as an engineer and coming from some of my other backgrounds, um, data is key for me. So sure. For me, okay, what did I do, right? Like, what does the data tell me to do? And I would follow that trend to keep making that content. If it was me doing uh, whatever, catching cooks and filleting videos or whatever it might be, like, okay, that's the content we're making. Um, again, as a creator, that's that kind of goes down another path of, do you do stuff that you love or do you do it based on what the data tells you? But honestly, um, if, if things were to change to a million subscribers, a million followers, whatever, um, I, for me, I always, and you kind of mentioned it, I, I like staying down to earth, humble. I, I'm, just, I'm just a guy who loves to fish and likes to tell my story. 
Um, and now obviously try to bring the kids in on that too. Um, I would try to keep it fun, keep it positive, and you said I would track the trends. I gotta keep that momentum going. Absolutely, absolutely. Hold on one second, I gotta, I gotta pause real fast. Don't yep. Love where's it. My, where's it at? Oh, right here, hello. I'm a, <laughs> a diehard, so. <laughs> I appreciate it, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, that, that's great. Um, <laughs> So, so what, one of the things that you've said on your channel in the past yeah. is that you, if you could do anything for the rest of your life, it would be fishing. So Definitely. why is that? What is it that's so special about fishing to you? It, it totally grounds me. Uh, I mean, it, it just everything about being into nature and not even catching any fish, but just being on the water. It, it's something that's like my church. It's, it's something that I know I could always go to and just clear my mind and have a great time doing it. And, and especially now having a, a four-year-old who loves fishing, he loves it. And so to see him want to be a part of it and be out there again, it's just even more of a, I, I just, it's this like this joy, this, like my soul is meant to be out there and doing it. So, you know, I, if my job were to fish my, after I would retire fishing, it's just, I, I know that that's something I would always want to do just because it, it calms my soul. I love it. I really do. Yeah. And, and, and what is it about fishing? I mean, there's, because you, you've got a, a few great elements of, of fishing. You've got the uncertainty in the chase, right? I mean, kind of inherently, in most cases, you can't see under the surface yeah. of, the, of the water. You, you've got the dynamics yeah. of, of, of the temperature. You've got the solitude. You, you've, you've got like the challenge aspect and you've got just being out under the, the bright blue sky of, of outside. So there's so many different elements of the fishing which are, which are amazing. And, and I'm always trying to sort of distill that down because, you know, for, for my perspective, everyone's got their own thing um, yeah. in, in terms of what really, what really stirs your soul in, in terms of being able to reset. Well, for me, I, the, the challenge is one thing. I, I really enjoy trying to figure out how to get that bite, you know, be it again, line, rod, reel, choice, whatever, um, certain uh, structure on the lake, all of that is one thing that I really enjoy trying to analyze and figure out how to get a fish to bite. Then on the other side, it's kind of like the competitive nature. I'll go fishing with my buddies and obviously it's just like, okay, if you caught five, I want to catch six, you know, you caught 10, I want to, you know, and, and all of that just, it, it feeds into me. And then of course, again, being, I don't know, I, it's like at work, I hate, I hate being stuck like in a cube. It's just it, like everybody, right? Sure. But for me, it's like this extra added, like the sunshine, the, the fresh air, all of that just continues to draw me back into it. And like I said, it's, it's something that's probably the, the, the strangest things. I don't even realize that I, I completely just zone out. I'm like, I'm just there. And, but um, again, I kind of like call myself like a tackle junkie too. So there's all that element in it, you know, okay, right. well, okay, they, they bit this lure, but maybe can I get them to try this or it, so there's so many different dynamics to it. 
but at the end of the day, it just, it continues to bring me right back to the lake. And, and one of the things that's great about being on the water for me is just the, the solitude of it. And I think a lot of people think peacefulness and solitude when they think fishing. Yes. And what I want to know is how does that fit with filming yourself all the time when you're out on the, on the water? For me, it, it is difficult because almost, I guess in my space, in, in YouTube, in being a creator, there are some really tremendous individuals out there who put this absolutely incredible B-roll package together of you see all the woods and the trees and you're backing the boat up and you, you know, all the, whatever the fish is jumping, all this stuff. I get to the lake, man. And I'm, I almost like, sometimes I got forget like, Oh crap. I just left all the camera equipment in the truck. Cause I'm like, I'm juiced. I'm ready just to be out there and catch fish. So I, I've kind of mentally got to put together like a checklist, like, okay, are the cameras even turned on? Am I in the right spot? <laughs> Cause again, I'm just so like, okay, well, where were they biting last time? And uh, do I have this uh, lures tied on rather than do I have batteries in the GoPro? Um, and and this year was really hard for that because of, again, the time factor. I didn't get to fish or my game plans didn't kind of go as I thought. So when I did make it to the water, it, again, it was like, okay, just uh, get rid of everything, all this stuff off my back and just go fish. Oh, by the way, I probably should have the GoPro on. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. There's some content that can be had from this, but it was just like, it's so juiced up just to even be out there. Yeah. And so when, when you get out to the water, what is your, what is your approach? I mean, obviously it, it changes depending on the lake, depending on the weather, depending on what you're catching, but, but what kind of, what, what's your thought process when it comes to, like, to trying to decide what your approach on the lake or on it, really any sort of water is going to be on, in any given day? Well, I, I mean, living where I live, there's many inland lakes. We've got Lake St. Clair to the east of us. And for the most part, I target bass. Um, but I'll fish for anything. If you were to be, Hey, we're going perch fishing done. I'll be there. Like it's, it doesn't matter. But for the most part, I'm always looking for that next big bass bite, large mouth, small mouth. And so that's kind of how I gauge any of those trips. Um, and, and for me, like I said, being a, a tackle junkie is kind of difficult because I have all the stuff I want to bring right. and never touch half of it or, you know, 99% of it. Um, but it's, it's always, um, I, I don't know, it, it's, it's something that, again, I, I feel that my, my data driven kind of side pushes me a lot. Like if I know I'm going to go to St. Clair on Saturday, I'm, I'm going through all the weather reports. I'm going through all the fishing reports. I'm trying to figure out who was already out there and I'm trying to gain all this knowledge and, and have that ready to be out there. Um, I probably should show more of that in my content. Um, it's, but like I said, it, some of that stuff, I, it comes so natural. I don't even realize I'm doing it, but I know a lot of guys would love to see, okay, well, how do you break it down? What is your approach? And it's like, I'm just, again, trying to get out there and do it. But I think that would actually be like a, a very good idea to say, okay, how's my mind work when going out there and trying to hit a body of water? How do I try to target that? Yeah, Adam, I think this is really interesting. So there's, there's obviously an analytical component to this and it's not just the day of, right? You're, you're looking for trends to, right. to I, I, my words, not yours, but almost put your, put your head in the same space as the fish 
and, and try to really understand like what, what's going on. Like, let, let me understand the big trends that are, that are going on. And so you've, you've got a loose game plan, right? So when, when you get out to, to the water and, and once you get out there, is there an element of gut feel or do you have a plan that's mapped out based upon the weather, the conditions, what you're fishing for and what's in your tackle box? Well, see, I, I think that's, that's where the rubber meets the road. You've planned this whole trip out and there's multiple times that it, for instance, Lake St. Clair is, is that kind of, you plan the whole thing. The weather report tells you it's going to be like zero to one foot waves, whatever, out of the West, no problem, whatever. You get out there, it's a straight East wind at 20 miles an hour and you got rollers coming out of the launch. So now your whole game plan, your whole gut feeling is out the window and again, that's another, one of those other aspects of going, all right, I, I see what you did there and I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out today, right? I thought they would be here, but now because of all this, they're going to be somewhere else. And of course the fish are always going to tell you what's going on. You know, they, we have a, a lot of tournaments and stuff around here and they might be, oh, they're biting on this drop shot. You get out there on your spots and they're not biting that drop shot. So now you're on the fly going, okay, well, if they're not doing that. It's going to be this. Um, it's it's those kind of things you got to kind of let the fish tell you. I mean, because again, they don't care if I brought every piece of tackle in the world, they care less, right? It's going to be this. And that's, that's another reason why it's like, okay, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to figure you out. I, I, I need to do this for me. I'm going to figure you out. And I'm going to catch you. But as, yeah, it's always on the fly. Yeah. And, and gosh, as a, as a business owner and an entrepreneur, there's so much of what you just said that really resonates and, and, and it's got to apply to, to the social, uh, social media, um, world as, as well. Content is just like that. The, and I, and you, you probably heard a million people say this, that you you pick this great juicy piece of content and it totally bombs. Right. And then you go, okay, well, I picked this, whatever shot that I see 15 imperfections in and I hate it and whatever. Okay. Send. And it gets a million likes or all this engagement. And you're like, I can't stand it. I hate it. And why did that grow? Or, <laughs> But it's, it's the truth. And then it's, like I said, then it's going, okay, well, what does the data tell me? What really deep dive into it to figure out what it was, but content, that's another, that, those reasons why I really love the content piece of it, because it's always that puzzle. You're always trying to figure it out. Um, and again, it goes back to fishing. It's kind of the same thing or being an entrepreneur. You might have to ditch the whole, whatever plan you had, because the customers are telling you it's this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I remember being out for breakfast down in, in Bernie, Texas with uh, a couple of woodworking creators, Andy Rawls and April Wilkerson together with um, Matt Carricker from Demolition Ranch. And they're all kind of talking about their, their content and, and what works. And especially April and, and Andy, they're going really deep into, into woodworking. And just talking about like some of those same struggles is kind of like, man, I'll do these really complicated, you know, edges and corners and, and, and bindings. And, and it does okay. Like, but somehow like I'll, I'll carve a spoon and, and it takes, it takes off. And in April um, started talking about, you know, what I found is that I'll like do a ton of work and then kind of, I'll give a little wink or I'll give like a little eyebrow raise or, or just some, some little personality and all of a sudden, like, that's what 80% of the comments are, are about in there. It's not like the 5 million 
you know, hours of, of effort and the, the right. sophisticated carpentry, or in this case, fishing. It's that one little, it's one little hook that is almost impossible to plan right. or predict, but it only becomes relevant when you have this great content and you have done all this planning to be able to get to that point. And, and I think that's, that's such a great nugget of, of, of the way things work in life. I mean, it's like you, if you keep putting in those extra hours and extra hours, it's going to pay off, but you're, you're never going to know exactly when or exactly how, but if you just keep doing your thing, it's, it's going to work out. Well, and, and some of that too is, yeah, I mean, just do what makes, at the end of the day, it's like, do like what makes you happy, especially like in the content space. Like you, you need to do what kind of fills your bucket and, and run with it. Um, because sometimes you, the, the trolls or the negative people or whatever, they might totally beat you down about something, but it's like, okay, I know this works. I know it kind of pushes me forward. It's hard to, again, because I've had those instances of, man, I thought this content sucked and it really grew. It's sometimes just saying, listen, just put it out there. It doesn't matter what it is. Just put it out there even though you might not like it or the people gripe about it or whatever, you might find that nugget that a lot of people do like, or that you really did enjoy at the end of it. But um, yeah, I, I don't even know how many times I've, I've sat there and really just like, I've wasted so much time worrying about a piece of content and it really was successful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, in, in the software development world, they, one of the sayings they say is F it, ship it. It's like at some point you got, you got to take the roast out of the oven. You got to put it out there into, into the world, which is great. Well, one of the things I think it's, it's been fun to kind of follow in terms of your channel is, is how you have evolved. And I know you've got a long way to go in terms of what your goals and your objectives are, but, but, but talk to me about, the, the, the evolution from being the guy on a, on a pontoon boat fishing to going out and buying a 2020 tracker, or at least getting, I don't, I don't need to know the whys and wherefores, but you've got a 2020 tracker target now, a beautiful fishing boat that you've evolved to. Was, was that sort of a, a moment for you in terms of being like, Hey, my, it's a, almost a stamp of approval as a, as a fishing and outdoorsman creator. Well, we live uh, inland lake here, and pontooning will always be my life. <laughs> I love pontooning, um, but it kind of restricts what you can do. It's very difficult to pull the pontoon in different lakes or, right. or have flexibility. And, and I really wanted to grow, obviously, the content, but to grow myself too. Um, because I'm always trying to figure the fish out or figure out a different and, and understand that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I, um, I mean, kind of a, a crazy story. Um, my, my whole work with Trigger actually came from a, a post that a ton of engagement, um, on one of their boats. Um, it was, um, a, a limited, um, like a, a anniversary boat. And I, I had saw it and, um, the, the quality wasn't there as a quality engineer. I, I right. had a open dialogue about the boat and in Bass Pro Tracker took notice, uh, reached out to me, um, and 
I was able to meet all those folks and they, they took what was out there, which was tremendous to listen to the customer and they, and they fixed it. And I've kept in contact with all these folks. I, it, Tracker Bass Pro, I can remember as a kid going with my dad to Bass Pro and all that kind of stuff. And it was always like this event because um, being in Michigan, it was hard to get to other Bass Pros where we lived in Kalamazoo. Sure. Um, and so, and my dad had an old Tracker um, flat bottom aluminum boat and, and all this stuff. So anyway, so I, I kept working with them, making some content with them and then moved into this boat. Um, it's my evolution as a fisherman and it's really testing me to how I approach things. It's, it's completely different. And I absolutely enjoy it. Um, I, I'll see where this goes with tracker and stuff in the future. Um, I love working with those guys. The boat is incredible. Um, but again, it was my drive to say, listen, I, it's fun to tool around on the lake in the pontoon, but I've got to grow myself just for me and my, um, my drive. I had to move into something that was a little more, and again, it's not a bass boat. It's like an, more like a walleye boat or like a big water boat. And that's what I wanted. I could have this versatility plus bring the family have, you know, little fish junior out there with me. Um, and again, it was just this progression. I really loved where that would take me as, as an angler. For sure. For sure. And I think there's, there's so many great lessons to learn in that too. Again, any, any business, anything that you're doing, talk to your customers, listen to your customers, incorporate the changes. And, and now here you're, you're advocating for, for their, for their boat. Right. And, and you're, you're a huge fan. Absolutely. And, and, and that, that was huge. I mean, when I was years ago, I was in customer service and marketing and, and now on the quality manufacturing side, and, and we've all been there. We've all had something that we've, I don't know, you call on your cable bill, you buy something that shows up from Amazon, it's broke, whatever. And you have this terrible customer experience. And I, you know, you tell a million people and you hate it, whatever. Um, and you'll never buy from them again. You, we all know those companies that either really value a customer's opinion and want to fix it no matter what, and others that don't care and they never answer the phone. Um, it, was, it was great to see that they, they went out of their way. And again, I was a much smaller creator at the time, but it was, listen, we've got to fix this. Like this is our anniversary boat and we really want to make sure that people are, they understand that we heard them and we want them to have a great product out on the water. Um, I was amazed by that. I, I didn't think when I went to go see them and talk to these guys that they would have fixed it. That was the furthest thing that I would have thought. Right. I thought they would have pushed me to what can we do to, um, you know, I guess help fix the name, but no, they're like, listen, here's what we want to show you. We actually fixed the problem. We completely re-engineered it and now it's perfect. And we wanted, and you can tell your followers or not, we just want to let you know that we handled it. And it was like, man, you very rarely see customer service like that or, or a company as big as Bass Pro do that. And it was tremendous, tremendous. Yeah. What, 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 a, again, great, great lesson for, for anybody who's, who's involved in, in a business in terms of being able to, to do that. And, and that's great to hear, um, from, from the outside looking in, you know, that's, that, that was a really nice moment for your, your channel, seeing your, your progress and, and seeing you continue to, to grow. I mean, when you think about 50,000 followers on, on Instagram, I mean, that's, that's two NBA games that really took two and a half 
you know, packed stadiums uh, watching an NBA game that are choosing to, to follow you. So, I mean, that, that, that's, that seems like a huge milestone. And yet, you're hungry to grow. You always yep. want to do more. Yep. And what, how, how do you define success? So I've, I've had this question before and I, I kind of look at it a couple different ways. I mean, years ago, I might've thought of success um, in, in a whole different light, but now success to me is taking care and making sure that these kids are, are uh, well, obviously taken care of, but that they're growing and like, I'm totally like in dad mode now. And, and so even though this is like my little side hustle, that I love to do it's, it, 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 I don't know. It's, it's difficult for me. I, I obviously, I, I don't know. I don't like talking about myself. I'm like, man, I really got to go out there and crush these numbers. I, I try to be humble that way and really put, I guess, my, my attention my real hardcore on the kids and that they're growing and that they're doing their thing. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's those accolades for me. I just, I, I don't know. I've been a part of so many different team sports and everything else. And it's just like, I, I was always focused on everybody else. It, and I feel like that way now, sure. This is my channel and my thing. And I get pride for it, hitting these milestones. But at the end of the day, it's like, it, you know, Hey, Eddie just, spelled his name you know and it's like that kind of stuff is like where i'm at now um i never would have thought that before being like i was always these single no kids or whatever but now being i don't know it's just different it's different like i said i don't like how has being a creator made you a better father um I, i mean honestly it's I kind of like I touched on it with like earlier about like everybody else's story. I mean, people want to hear my story and they follow along, but it's I, again, keeping my mouth shut and listening, right. And having that listening and it's, you, you keep getting these lessons like that, right? Like if you, you, you see how um, it, you know, I go and I see somebody's great fish catch or something and I make a, a positive, like meaningful comment on their post and how fast they are to either like share it or DM me back, like, holy crap, fish hook said something, whatever, right? And so, you know, it's, it's those kind of lessons of, again, like, be humble, be nice, be, and, and then totally carries into, you know, the kids and, and setting those uh, examples for them to be a better person too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think your, your passion shines through in, in your work. And that's, that's one of the things that um, I love most about your, your content is because, hey, you, you know who you are and you're really passionate about being able to, to share that, whether that's with Fishhook the fourth or with, with, your, with your audience on, on Instagram or um, your, your audience on, on YouTube. I think that's fantastic. And, and we certainly appreciate having you, you know, part of the Muskox herd. Um, and, and you do a lot for people to encourage them to, to get outdoors and to, to really you know, seek the, the adventure, whatever that may be. So before we let you go, I've got a, I've got a few quick, uh, quick questions for you. So as a, as a Michigan angler, I've, I've got to ask you about your view in terms of the Great Lakes power ranking. So 
We're going to put you on the spot, Adam. What, what, what lake do you have at the top of the Great Lakes Power Rankings? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball here because sometimes it acts like a Great Lake, Lake St. Clair. Okay, so it's part of the chain that needs to be its own Great Lake. Sure. Smallmouth fishing in the country. I don't care what anybody else says. It's amazingly musky, smallmouth, whatever. Um, so that would be my number one, but my true number one then would have to be Lake Michigan. Um, growing up on the west side of the state, it was like, hey, you go to Lake Michigan, you go to South Haven, all these places. Plus, I'm from Michigan. You have to have that as number one. Um, maybe then Superior, uh, let's go Huron, then Ontario, then Erie. Erie's got amazing smallmouth, but it's like an Ohio thing, so they can be last. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I love it. Okay. If, if money were no object, where would you fish for one day of fishing and who would you fish with? Ooh, man. Um, I don't know. There are so many lakes that are on my bucket list of of like big bass lakes. I don't know, there's quite a few down south, um, Lake Biwa in Japan, that, that's, a, that's a whole JDM tackle nerd kind of place. And yes. Stuff there. I, I don't know, I've always been into like Japanese stuff for the longest time, so that would be incredible. That would be just the, like the trip of a lifetime. Um, if I could fish it with anybody, um, unfortunately he's no longer with us, but my dad. Uh, my dad, I would take him fishing anywhere and for anything. Um, that would be, if you can make that happen, that's what I, I love would. it. I love it. Okay. Uh, very, very cool. Um, what, what is your biggest pet peeve? Excuses. I hate them. I hate excuses. And this year I kind of hate myself a little bit because I've had a lot of excuses. The time one for me is like, like Adam, just shut up and sit down and make some content. Like stop having excuses that too tired or the kids were busy doing whatever it's it's that's the thing is is i can't stand excuses can't stand them but i've got some doozies if i need to throw them out there <laughs> no I, I i love it i love it um one of the previous guests on the, the herd has spoken jake siegel um he he has a great saying where he says you know you really got to have a fantastic say to do ratio um, which, which basically means like, Hey, if you say you're going to do something, you, you got to do it the majority of times. Yes. Uh, I mean, a man of his word is huge, right? If you say you're going to do it, do it. And granted, sometimes you can't, but right. apologize and just fix it and move on. I don't need to mm -hmm. hear why you didn't do whatever. Yeah. Just fix it. Sorry. It won't happen again. Boom. Done. Love it. All right. Last, last question for you for you here, Adam, best piece of advice that you've ever received. Wow, this one's difficult. And actually, I, I know you asked Lojo this one too. Um, and I'm like, man, don't please don't ask. Dirty, that. dirty little secret. I've asked every guest that this question. Oh, great. Oh, okay. Um, oh, man, I don't even know. I, I've had so much advice um, that has been really, really kind of taken to heart. Um, honestly, one of the biggest pieces of advice I will always remember is stop giving excuses, just fix it and move on. That yes. was, a, and I was really young in my marketing career at the time. Um, I think I missed like a meeting or something and, um, yeah, just fix it, just solve it, fix it, move on it, whatever. 
Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. There was so many, even from my dad, who was, um, I guess, my biggest hero, but he taught me all sorts of stuff. And um, a lot of that, I guess I keep kind of close, but um, there's a lot of um, good life lessons in there. Plus um, that, hey, dust yourself off. I'm proud of you. Keep moving kind of stuff. Which yeah. Was- yeah, I, absolutely. I can, I can relate to so much of that. Um, and as listeners to the Herd of Spoken know, uh, I'm the son of a Navy captain and uh, my, my father used to, who's no longer with us and he's also my hero. But um, one of the things that he used to always say is do what you say you'll do when you'll say you'll do it. Yeah. And if, if you do that, the, the reality is you're going to be head of about 95% of the people out there. So you know, great, great piece of advice. Well, Adam, thank you again. Like I said earlier, we're, we're thrilled to have you as part of the Muskox Herd and we appreciate you, you carving off part of your time today here. I don't know how many more I've got. I was going to do some more changes. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, like, I love it. I'm part of the herd, like all the way. So, well, I mean, it's, it's so great. I honestly being outside, it, it's hard to not have a good flannel on and fishing. I just absolutely love it. And this hoodie is the bomb too. Keep that wind off the back of your neck when you're on the boat. It's great. <laughs> well, for those of you who can't see, Adam is, is uh, entering into his third career, not only a quality engineer and a creator, but uh, a model and is, is pulling out all of his muskox gear piece by piece. So we, we got appre- more somewhere. I know I'm, I'm not. <laughs> well, oh, real quick, sorry. By the way, I haven't yet, which kills me, the whole COVID thing, but I am totally going to take Mr. Little Fishhook Jr. to the store, to 12 Oaks. I'm really excited to go see that. So hopefully over break, in between, whatever, I want to get there, get some stuff. Um, I'm, it's awesome. So it, I guess uh, let me ask you a question. How's it been doing? Okay. Yes. Yeah. No, we're, we're happy with it. So for those of you who don't know what Adam's referring to, we, we opened a, um, a store. We call it our flagship store, but it's also just a pop-up for the time being. Just outside of Detroit, I'm at a mall called 12 Elks Mall in, in Novi, Michigan. So yeah, we've, we've got a store there and uh, we're, we're excited about it. It's unique times to have a retail store for sure, but it's something that you know, people, people love the product and they get a chance to touch and, and feel it. And so that's, that's been fun to see. Absolutely tremendous. And I'm, I'm dying to go there. I, I promise you will see some good photos of me and little Eddie. We'll go. I, I'm excited. We'll get there, grab some stuff and we'll, we'll be sweet. So I'm excited to see it. I'm really proud that the, it's where it's going and how this momentum is going. So yeah, thank you. We, we are, we are too. And we're thrilled with the momentum of your, your channels. So if you, if you haven't followed, you know, Adam yet, go, go follow him. Fishhook Terry on YouTube, on Instagram and, and Facebook, right? That's the handle across all three. Yes, sir. You got it. Yeah. Oh, great, great content. Great, great person doing, doing tremendous things. Well, again, Adam, thanks for, thanks for joining us today and we'll, we'll catch up with you in the next time. Thank you, Brad. Big thanks to Fishhook Terry for joining us on, on the Herd of Spoken. I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation um, half as much as, as I did with Adam. I think uh, you know, it's, it's clear that he's a passionate, passionate guy, not only about muskox, uh, but, but perhaps more importantly about getting out on the, on the water and, and fishing. And, and what I love um, about his content and his point of view is that he's just going to keep doing what he's passionate about about every day and it's clear he's passionate about his family it's clearly passionate about being a great husband and a great father 
Um, but he's he's going to find a way to keep getting out there on that water, talking to you guys about tackle, talking to you about nature, talking to you about everything that he's got going on as he's he's trying to slay it, keep those lines tight out in the out in the water. So thanks to thanks to Adam and for those of you who aren't familiar yet with with muskox, um, go ahead and check out our website gomuskox.com. We've got the best apparel for your adventures out there, whether you are a fisherman, you're a hunter, or like many of us, you are just pounding the pavement every day um, living that living that adventure. We've got some great gear that I'm sure you guys will love. Check out gomuskox.com. Until next time, I am the host of The Herd Has Spoken, the leader of the muskox herd, Bradley Hoos. Thank you, and we will see you next time.